Welcome to Unleashed. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are the guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks. I wouldn't say it to Brock because he's Canadian and he doesn't celebrate with us Americans the Thanksgiving Uh, today. (laughs) (laughs) You're from Brampton. (laughs) With Around the Galaxy's Pete Fletcher. Pete, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. And audio, Aaron Quinton. He's somewhere out there in the galaxy. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I I couldn't. uh, My force powers have waned. I can't (laughs) force project visually right now. Um, so um, I can only project my voice through the force right now. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, That's all amazing. good. Well, you're having a turkey dinner right now or lunch or you're prepping something. That's I'm what we'll stuffed. go with. I'm yeah, stuffed. of course, because this is actually Thanksgiving. Uh, before we get started, I got to point these out. I got these books right here. These are executive producer. Ooh, la, la. Heidi Fetter's books right here. One, two, three. I uh, can't wait to read them. They say we're going to come on Christmas Eve. They came a month early. Check them out on Lulu.com. Got to give it to Heidi. Well, through, well, through the mysteries of the force, I can see those, even though I, you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. This is our Rise of Skywalker roundtable. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to talk about this little called Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, a.k.a. the end of the Skywalker saga. Say it ain't so. They're all going to die. Just the whole guy. It's going to end it. like Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, okay. no, no. Cassian and Jin come back in this one. That's <laughs> the, that's the, they that's are the actually twist. Skywalkers and they're that's the original. The twist, yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, I'm going to go around spoiler. right now at the table. I'm going to start with Pete, the Brockton, Aaron. And I want to get you guys to give me, on a scale of 1 to 10, your excitement level for The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I'm going to go with a, a number uh, that I used to wear when I played hockey, since we're talking to uh, Canadians. Uh, number 26. <laughs> I know that's bigger than 10, but that's that's my number. And I'm pretty excited about Rise of Skywalker. I'm <sighs> two and a half times more excited than I'm allowed to be, I think, is what they come to. <laughs> Was number 26 like a, a specific player or just your number? Uh, I was a big Brian Prop fan. I ah, okay. was a Flyer okay, fan, okay. number 26. Nice. He's my guy. Yes. Well, I'm an adult, and I'm just going to go 10, James. <laughs> I'm a norma- normal amount of excitement. <laughs> Aaron, how about you? Uh, well, um, once again, thank you so much for having me here tonight. Um, and uh, I really appreciate it, even though I'm filled with American stuffing, you know, um, I, my excitement level is through the roof and I'm going to have to go with 1,138. That, that's, that, that's where I'm at. <laughs> right on the money. The George Lucas $4 billion money. That's what you're going to love yeah. that one. Yeah. George I, Lucas on a scale of one to 10 is 4 billion. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's the number he forget, wore to hockey. Don't forget about the stock options, guys. Okay. <laughs> So this is just a roundtable. We're just going to talk about Rise of Skywalker, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll take this very seriously, because that's what Star Wars is. Very serious stuff. <laughs> so serious. Um, by the way, cannot wait for this movie. Me on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 3.5. Oh, wow. James. Million. Is that what Josh said? It's the denim nerds? <laughs> I hate Star Wars. No, it's a 3.5. I'm definitely a 10. It's, it was like... 
every trailer that comes out, I'm like more excited, more excited. And then when I when I'm not thinking about it, I just think, oh my god, there's a dark ray in this. And then you watch <laughs> The Mandalorian, and then you realize that all Star Wars is awesome. Star Wars. That's that's uh, the point. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think like. Mandalorian has kind of, I don't want to say tempered it. You know, I would have been maybe 27 or 28 on a scale of 1 to 10. But um, I've, I've been, it's funny because we have so much Star Wars going on leading up to Star Wars. Yeah. You know? There's never been another time in any of our lives like this. Yeah. Like, not at know. all. Not it's, at all. I, I, I truly believe that we are in a next golden age, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And, and the naysayers are going to be naysaying themselves soon. I, I truly believe that. I, um, I just want to dip in here and just say that between um, the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance called uh, Relic Raiders, between my completion of Jedi Fallen Order earlier this afternoon, and, of course, The Mandalorian leading, and all this and culminating with The Rise of Skywalker, I, I'm loving it right now, so I just I had to say that right off the bat. It's definitely it's, our the best era we've been in since the droid Ewok one two punch <laughs> in the eighties. It, it's funny how like Triple Force Friday is sort of celebrating all this stuff, but when it happened, it was not exciting because it just wasn't here yet. It's it's so it's sort of like I guess they were right. <laughs> yeah. I think Black Friday should have been Triple Force Friday. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, are they what a right? Well, well, nothing exactly. came out until after Force Friday anyway. We didn't get anything. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. The movie is coming out in less than 30 days, 20 Oof. days, 19, 18 days, whatever it is. It's it's coming. Like, it's coming. It's it's funny to to think how close we are to this to this film. And then and then after that we'll have one more episode of The Mandalorian and then and then just nothing. <laughs> For who knows how long. For a month until nothing. Clone Wars. Hmm. Right, and then, yeah, Clone Wars in February, right? Ooh, and then nothing. I can't wait for season yeah. seven of the Clone Wars, guys. That's... Oh my lord! <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a roundtable for another day. All right, let's get right. <laughs> let's get right to this one. I want to start right off the bat with. Um, I would say that there are two aspects of Star Wars that everybody, or two characters in Star Wars, that we're all very familiar with and we all love, and that's C three PO and R two D two. The trailers, the TV spot, they're hinting at something bad happening with 3PO. Brock, I want to start with you. What are your expectations of 3PO in The Rise of Skywalker? And do you think that line that he says, take it one last look at my friends, is the end of the protocol droid? Uh, hmm. Well trailers in star wars history at least the last few movies aren't always accurate or they only show us the first little like stuff from the first like hour or not even like the first half an hour whatever though this seems to be all over the place um but expectations for c-3po i i think you and i talked about this before it's like it would be nice to sort of have a farewell to all our main characters be them from the og probably from the new series like it would be nice to like give them something to make their presence important in this movie, uh, but they're definitely playing this up uh, with C three PO. So I'm I'm very curious about it. Uh, uh, I th- 
I don't know. I we keep thinking like evil three PO. It's like his his eyes are red, therefore he's evil. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but I think there's an like this Babu Frick character is very very interesting, or it's just a cash grab from uh, toys. I don't know. I'm really unsure. So, uh, but I'm optimistic. Uh, Anthony Daniels is like an amazing like actor and. Anything he brings on the Star Wars, just listening to him talk is amazing. So I'm hopeful that uh, this is my long way of saying, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Aaron? Uh, So basically where I'm at right now is that. uh, Those force powers are uh, (laughs) probably never should have disconnected himself from the force. (laughs) Uh, I'll jump in though. Yeah. Um, so, I you know it. I, the the point that you were making about how trailers in Star Wars are are often misdirects. Um, I, I I have my own sort of head canon or or head theory that that they're they're using three PO to get access to something, mm. and perhaps if he rediscovers some old memories, um, he's saying goodbye to those old friends, the ones uh, before they bring him back from whatever sort of memory sort of reconnection they're making so um but again i think jj has done a phenomenal job of of sort of keeping us in the dark and he's done it with every movie he's done i mean even i was i keep going back to star trek where he's saying no that's not uh that's not con and of course it was i'm not a star (laughs) trek fan but i do know enough to know that he lied to us but i also i'm with you brock i don't think i don't think we've seen uh anything from the third act of this movie yet at all yeah, uh, I love the idea that like there's all this hidden knowledge in the droids. I know James is like huge into like R two sort of being the person or the the thing that keeps all this in. So I really hope that you're right and that something in his memory banks brings it back because that's an easy way to tie it back to the prequel, right? So yep, yep. I like I love that idea. Uh, I'm on the same wavelength as Pete on this one, where when he's saying goodbye to his friends, I don't think he's referring to the people in that shot. I think it's more the memories in him and and stuff in that respect. And I love the idea of 3PO playing a huge factor in this saga because he was created from scrap parts by Anakin Skywalker. He's the beginning. Like, he was created by Anakin. I love the idea that this whole thing could come full circle because of this droid that everybody, when the Phantom Menace came out, was like, wow, you know, it's it was too close to home. It was too small of a universe that that Anakin would create three people. Mm. But now you look at it and you say, oh, it was the Force. The Force is the reason why Anakin did it because it had to get three people there because it mm. had to go on this adventure so that it could come to this inevitable ending. Is the key to it all. I love that, um, and I, I, I also agree. I don't think we've seen. I think we've seen a lot of this movie, but I don't think we've seen enough of this movie absolutely and, james and, and through yeah. the mysteries of the force i i and deep meditation i was able to reconnect <laughs> um with you fellows um so um i i did want to just go ahead and and say that uh, it's a piggyback and all this I, I i think your points about uh c3po being created by anakin skywalker are very relevant mm-hmm. um i think there are real world things going on here that are very important and well-deserved. Anthony Daniels deserves a chance to give a different tonality to C-3PO. 
and to um, allow this character that we've loved since 1977 a chance to shine. And I mentioned to you uh, privately before, but let's talk about it out in the open. Uh, just the idea of this C-3PO who, um, and I think it's a double fake, okay? So I think that they wouldn't reveal in the trailer that he's going to have his memory wiped. Um, and, uh, and, and I know we, we, we're not going to really touch on leaks and stuff like that, but let me just get, give a preamble that I'm the fellow, the type of fellow like Josh, your friend at the Den Nurse, that has read absolutely everything I can get my grimy little hands on about this movie. Well, don't so, drop any of it here, man. I'm not. I I'm not don't going want to hear any of it. But the point is this, is that, that all of that, regardless, um, I think it's a double fake. I don't think C-3PO's losing his memories. Mm. If anything, I think he's gaining his memories and i think how amazing would it be to see him be a hero and and fight off a whole swarm of sith troopers or something like that in this movie that's all my speculation that's not anything i read anywhere well um, remember remember the last time c-3po had a gun in his hand it was one of the worst scenes in all of star wars films <laughs> well, so, yeah, so let's redeem attack of the clones a little bit too why not <laughs> you know what i'm saying like and i agree with you because that uh, that scene is one of the scenes where I, I always kind of just kind of shake my head like, yeah, this probably could have been done a little bit better. I love Attack of the Clones, though. Mm. Um, some of my best friends on Twitter um, are some of the biggest Attack of the Clones defenders. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to. I'm Some of my best friends like Attack of the Clones. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Hashtag, hashtag. I thought you were going to say some of my best friends are clones. I'm like, whoa, cool. <laughs> hey, how do you know that they're not? No, oh, fair, 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 fair. Clones have rights too. Okay. All right, let's move on to a <laughs> quote from uh, the the Monday Night Football trailer that was also in the most recent TV spot. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, the TV spot dropped between the time we're recording this and Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving again. Um. <laughs> Uh, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Mm. Your destiny. Aaron, we've heard many trailers with Luke's voice. We've heard Snoke's voice. We all speculate who they're talking to. But in this one, who is Luke Skywalker talking to? Oh, yeah. Um, well, okay. So here it goes. Here, <laughs> here, here's my theory. Once again, any Buckle up. Here, anytime I say, here's my theory, this is not something I've read. Okay, this is These are my thoughts, okay? I, You're good, because Pete's about to drive down to I know, <laughs> I know. He's I don't not know that where, far. I don't know where Pete lives, but I hope it's not close to me, okay? So, um, South yeah. of Canada. He's, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh -oh. That narrows it down, though. <laughs> um, so I think he's talking to both Kylo, Ben, Ren, Solo... Oh, <laughs> because at this point, no one can decide on who they want to call him. Mm. Um, and uh, and Ray at the same time. And I think that's going to be a pivotal scene. And um, and he's talking to both of them. They're together and he shows up to both of them. And it's going to shock everybody that Luke's going to talk to both of them. I like that, though. Like, it's I always just go automatically Ray. But like, yep. yeah, why not both of them? Not one specifically. It'll it'll be after that little skirmish on the Death Star wreckage, mm. and her and spoilers. And there's the scene with the Death Star. It's not spoilers. <laughs> it's in the trailer. And in the TV spot, we see them at Darth Vader's helmet yeah. in some white 
the first order room um, or ship, and then I think it's going to be after that. I think it's going to be after the uh, after that. And Luke's going to show up to both of them. Mm. Could Anyways. it be? Are we? Are we? What do you guys think? Are we getting flashbacks to the past? Are we going to see Luke and maybe young Kylo, or Luke and Leia prior to the Resistance? Uh, perhaps he's talking to a Jedi uh, order that he's putting together. I, I, I don't, don't want to oh, throw, wow, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. are we writing that out or are we getting a clear cut uh, image of what could be happening? Well, that's a good point. It could be a flashback. He's talking mm. to Ben Solo when he was a Padawan. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that, that's a JJ trick, right? Take mm. a line from one point in the movie and, and use it over something else and, and, yeah, I think that's that's. I hadn't thought of that. I think that that would be awesome. I I just tweeted out my ultimate Ben Demption Raylo bait, and mm. that was I said uh, <laughs> I said, what if that's Luke Force Ghost Luke talking to uh, Kylo and uh, Ray's child, sort of a uh, oh, oh my scene. goodness, <laughs> oh, that is the Whoa. title of this video. Oh my goodness, <laughs> girls with sabers are here. <laughs> Wherever you are, there's your rainbow bait. What I'm just thinking, we've seen these three trailers now in the TV spots and all that stuff, Uh, and and someone's gonna have to. I'm trying to look at them very quickly online, but you know, it's there's three of them. It's hard. Have we seen? So Kylo Ren wears the mask. Mm. In the first trailer we got, we see. I'm gonna say Babu Frick fixing the mask. That's what I'm gonna. I'm just. (laughs) An assumption. That's where I'm going to go. You should never assume anything, kids. But that's where I'm going to go with. Some hairy hands are too furry. Yeah, it's a hairy hand creature fixing the mask. Hands are too furry. In all of of the of the trailers we've seen, have we seen masked Kylo Ren fight Ray? Not fighting Ray. We see him smashing the helmet. Yes, but they're not fighting against each other. They're only fighting each other when he's unmasked. Is there a possibility? Mm. I just thought Mm. of this. Is there a possibility that he gets? Babu Frick or whoever, to fix the mask to infiltrate the First Order after Ben Demption has taken place. Maybe he actually, like, flips sides early on. Hmm. And where's the mask? There was a theory that was going on for quite a while that the pictures we're seeing of Kylo in a mask is not even him. It's somebody, Mm. you know, Mm. sort of posing as him. So that kind of goes with what you're saying. I think that's an interesting thought. Um, But he does have the helmet in hand uh, yeah. In that one picture, right where the uh, with the, the blue trailer, picture yeah. was an empire, yeah, yeah, right. And it's in the trailer that same scene where she's jumping out into the Falcon, but but that could also be him. Again, I haven't seen the movie. Or I know JJ; he's my uncle. Everyone knows that. But <laughs> but that could also be a moment where he is in the mask. Yeah, she appears, and they have to have like a fake moment. Right. And then maybe she gets too into it. And he has to remind her of who he is, and she's like, "I gotta go save Finn," and then jumps. <laughs> Look, I'm really excited for this movie. <laughs> you mentioned well, that. You know, the mask, though. So, so, but I mean, not not just like uh, you know what's going on with not seeing a whole lot of scenes with him in the mask with Ray, um, and and also I just kind of want to chime in on that point, Pete. That that maybe they're not destroying Vader's mask because so far all we've seen is that there's like a pedestal or a statue that the mask is sitting on. And they right. destroy the pedestal or the statue, but we haven't actually seen them destroy the mask. So, so they're redecorating the room, and they no longer need that pedestal. So <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the feng shui of the room. 
<laughs> has been interfered with uh, by the pedestal. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, the mask, though, I still I keep gravitating towards this question. Right. Which is why is the mask so important to someone? So I won't even yeah. say who. Who do you guys think? And it might not be Kylo. Right. Because um, the Knights of Ren are mysteriously missing from all the trailers and mm-hmm. TV spots, right? So why is this mask so important that you can't build a new one and instead you have to repair the old one? Yeah, well, I also think the, the I've always thought from the first time I saw The Force Awakens, I immediately went to, uh, from the Chuck Wendig books, the Sith Acolytes. And I always made some connection there and... Um, so yeah, I think it's got, we don't know the answer. Um, but I think there's some sort of direct connection to that. Well, I, relics. I I agree. Yeah. And, and, and on that point, I had a couple of folks come at me like, oh no, uh, Ben built that mask. And I said, you know what? Um, I think the only canon reference we have to the, to the mask is, um, the visual dictionary that Pablo Hidalgo wrote and it doesn't say anything in there at mm-hmm. all about Ben Solo building or constructing what uh, what's known as a, a battle helmet actually not even a mask and so we have no idea the origins of that thing we don't know who the previous owner was or who designed it mm-hmm. where Ben Solo found it mm-hmm. or if the Knights of Ren or the Acolytes of the Beyond like you're bringing up Pete gave mm-hmm. it to him um, and so I think it's important and I think it must be important to, to, uh, mend it back together rather than just Ben Solo or Kylo Ren creating a new one. Well, maybe I, we'll, we'll get somewhat of an answer in the comic series that's going to come out before the movie, uh, Rise of Kylo Ren, which I think is coming out soon. Cause I feel like we were supposed yep, to yep. get a bunch of issues, almost the whole run prior to the movie. Can't I wait. could be wrong. But like that would be a perfect place for that. I mean, I'm not yep. saying don't put anything in the movie about it, but like for that stuff where like people like us really want to get that history, like <laughs> yeah. perhaps that's where it is. And then there's a slight reference. You know what I mean? I think you're right though. Like to put that much work into these like Knights of Ren, just like oh that's cool, and then just to be pushing it and then it to mean almost nothing. Like I think it's relevant that if we can find out what these masks mean, because then it can relate back to Darth Vader's mask, which maybe in the original trilogy isn't so much of importance, but I think masks are, there's something there, or they're just cool looking. I'm not sure. Like, it's... uh, Well, well, I mean, no, I I think you hit it on the head with mm -hmm. the comic books, and just to jump in here, Mm -hmm. sorry, Pete, um, just to jump in here, I mean, I mean, Star Wars Explained and Star Wars Theory, and a lot of people have talked about Moments mask in the comic books, right? Yeah, and, and I think it's relevant. Okay, mm-hmm, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I think if he, so, I think you were saying before, James, and I was thinking, you know, one of the biggest challenges for JJ is to bring it all home, right? And to be able to um, make us feel better about the really goofy connection between Anakin building C3PO, right? A lot of people are like, oh, really? That's the way that's going to work. The connections are way too convenient. So if he can find a way to make that connection, but what if he can also make a connection between, you know, Darth Vader's helmet looks really cool, but maybe it is related to if you sort of take his funky skull looking helmet and you look at some of the Knights of Ren, which are very skull like and kind of Halloween mask 
um, it might make sense. Maybe the design of Vader's helmet that when Palpatine put him in that case and the uh, encased him in that that uniform, maybe maybe that's directed directly related to whatever that Knights of Ren thing is. Who knows? Mm. Boy, are we speculating yeah, like crazy? This is great. Yeah, it's fun. No, this We're is fun. Star it's Wars. All about. Well, it's already dead, so it you don't, and you don't like Star Wars, James. So I mean, like, like the the. What I love about the era of Star Wars that we're living in mm. is that with the prequels, which, by the way, I'm, I, I've always loved the prequels. And so, you know, that's a talk for another day, I guess. But I'm one of those prequelists. Um, I saw Empire on my dad's lap in the theater. I'm 41 years old, but I've always loved the prequels. And um, the thing about the prequels, though, is that, like, me and my best friends in high school, we already read enough stuff to know you know, what the outline was. Like, we knew Obi-Wan and, and Anakin or Vader were going to have the duel on Mustafar and he was going to end up in the suit. <laughs> and so we had a general rough outline in our brains, right, as kids of what was basically going to happen. And George Lucas was very, very upfront in the making of stuff um, on the Internet, which I miss, to be honest with you. I wish they were still doing that stuff for Star Wars. Um but um, very upfront about what the story was. So it wasn't really a series of, um, you know, whodunits and where is this going to go and mystery boxes. And maybe that was a flaw with the prequels in a way. Um, but we're living in an era now that speculation is fun because, to be frank, and all the stuff on Reddit and stuff aside, nobody really knows what's going to happen <laughs> You know? Yep. <laughs> and we do podcasts about it on a weekly basis where we're just like, uh, yeah, uh, there's a dragon. There's a dragon. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love not knowing. I love yeah. speculating is what makes Star Wars fun for mm. me. You know, it's like not what makes it fun, but I think I was saying at one point it's like doing the podcast is is basically the same as when I was a kid playing with the toys. I just mm. I just instead of having action figures, I just use my imagination. And no because I'm an adult. I can't play with toys. Right. So that's, that's, why, that's why they're all still in boxes behind you. <laughs> oh, they will be unboxed soon. I've got, you got to take them out. Happen. You got to let them breathe. Don't unbox the second sister. Trust me. <laughs> Just do yourself a favor. She's a bad one. Keep her sealed. <laughs> Just keep her in the carbonite. Okay? Mm -hmm. Trust me. That, no spoilers. I, I will not open that one. Andrew Fantasia come over She's and open every other box. Living, that's all I will say. She scared the living daylights out of me and Jedi Fallen Order on so oh. many levels and so many points in the story. She's a scary one. So, all right. Watch out for the second sister. Don't open her, James. But James, you're, oh, the, specu the speculation is kind of, it's sort of the way you play with Star Wars friends as an adult, right? I don't speculate yeah. with my kids. We watch the movies and build Legos and play with toys. And I play Star Wars with my adult friends and my podcast friends and my Twitter friends by spending way too much time saying, what if? And that's great. Um, and, but I think, you know, the, the, the key, though, is to make sure that you don't over-speculate and become disappointed. Exactly. And, and leave that speculation at the door. Correct. Leave it, trade the speculation for the popcorn. Yeah. That's how you should do it. Who well, I that? mean, that's, that's part of the Jedi code, though, right? I mean, it's perfectly fine um, to speculate and theorize. However, these are, as David Lynch or Krishnamurti or Yoda would say, passing thoughts that, that pass through your mind. And, and you shouldn't 
hold on to them and grasp onto them and cling to them and become so attached to them that then they become possessions that lead to the dark side, right? These are things that it's fun to let them pass through your mind and pass through your mouth and pass on through Twitter, but it's not something, I agree, Pete, that you should cling to and think that your ego and everything else involved um, is important. These are just fun things to throw out there and ideas that pass through our brains, you know, like, um, and, and I, I, I see too many fans and too many segments of the fandom and even some of my own followers on Twitter that uh, I get kind of scared, like, hey, guys, you might want to just have a plan B in your minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I made a video like good grief. But what if Raylo doesn't happen? You know, the way you think, you know, so it's like, you know, it's one of those one of those things in the fandom, I guess. <laughs> Well, Raylo, we'll get to Raylo. We are going to get to Raylo. We have to talk Raylo. I know, Brian. Okay. I think I think we already have our headline. But anyway, we got to talk. We got to talk. Brock's favorite Wookie, Lobaka. We got to talk Chewie because Chewie has been. He's been in the trailers, but he hasn't been at the forefront of the trailers. Which I mean, again, he's Chewie. It's not some. You know, you never really expect to see him at the forefront, unless, of course, it is Solo. So now I, I just want to know, Brock, let's start with you on this because he is your favorite Wookiee. What do you expect to come from Chewie? Uh, uh, he's going to fly co-pilot in the Millennium Falcon that I can, can guarantee. Um, I I really I really hope I this is so side this is side Akbar. Oh man, it's been a while since I said that. I think that there's got to be a Porg in that Millennium Falcon. Like, there's got to be. Like, it's just, just put him in. He's like, there he is. You don't even have to stop and just walk right by. He's like, look, there's the Porg nest. Um, ah, that's, see, I would like to see some, like, uh, uh, something to do with him and Han. Like, you kind of don't have a resolution for Chewbacca, per se. Uh, Outside of the movies or inside the movies, like I think they might have done something in the comics. I'm not sure, but um, it'd be nice to get something like that. It would be cool to go back to Kashyyyk, so I don't know, see something like that. But I think it'll be awesome. I think uh, it's nice to have. I never know how to say his name, Junis Sotamo in there. Like I think he did great in Solo, so it's like let's deliver a performance like that. Story wise, I don't know. Uh, just porks. Just, let's put some porks in that Millennium porks. Falcon. <laughs> Pete, what about you? What do you make of Chewbacca in this movie? Well, first of all, I think I I would put money on a porg in there. I mean, there's a porg uh, nest, I think, in uh, Disney, right? So I think, mm. I think they're, they, they're making the case for it. Um, I, Of all the characters, I worry about Chewie the most because I feel like I, I part of me, so I'm split straight down the middle. I've feel kind of like the Falcon will be sacrificed in this movie with Chewie mm. in it and I know that that would Ooh. be heartbreaking and not at all satisfying like JJ keeps saying but then on the other hand uh, the Falcon is the centerpiece to the Disney park so are they going to get rid of this icon and kill that character so but I, I think Chewie I, I, I would say of all the remaining characters I could see Chewie having a heroic heartbreaking death and I know that Nobody wants to think about that, but I think that 
I think that could be in the cards for him. Maybe him and Lando kind of one <laughs> one final one final sort of uh, run there. So yeah, I mean Chewie's death would I think hit like K two SOs in Rogue One, where that mm. I think was the most emotional death. And you have and Chewie is you know the dog, and you're like oh. Like Chewie, I think Chewie would hit hard no matter yeah. what. But at the same time, you know, you gotta, they're ending it. So how do you, if you're gonna say, hey, this is it, you, someone's, I mean, we've already lost Han and Luke, but somebody's gotta go. Right. And uh, I hate to say it, but <laughs> it's gotta be somebody valuable um, that, and I think it's gotta be a sacrifice also, like a very big, heroic, yeah. This, I'm doing this so that this story can end and be a happy ending, basically. Yep. I That's think you're right. Aaron, what about you? Well, um, so, I, yeah, I, I kind of started, um, I, I had a reaction there. I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but, yeah, I started kind of, like, <laughs> it's what I call the karmic cough. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and um, so I'm sorry. There was, I felt a great disturbance in the force, <laughs> and um, and I, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I, I think the Falcon will survive. And, uh, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a bold... Um, I don't think ever mentioned before um, kind of leap of faith here. And if anything, I think that they're kind of hiding from us Chewbacca's role in this movie. We haven't really seen a whole lot of footage of Chewbacca. And, um, and I think that um, once again, and, and whether or not you guys feel that this is a conversation for another day, I don't think it is. And for all of my fellow Star Wars fans who have played Fallen Order, um, Kashyyyk is a big deal, mm-hmm. a big, 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 big deal, and not just in the Clone Wars, and not just in Star Wars Rebels now, but also in this new game. And um, maybe Chewbacca goes to get some friends from Kashyyyk. That could be I'll, cool. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, man, Sith and uh, Rise of Skywalker both ending the trilogies and ending them with Kashyyyk and some Wookiees. I'd be down for a Wookiee battle. Bring them. I hope that like, we've seen so many ships. Yeah, what right. makes us not think yeah. that we're not going to see more aliens and, and yeah. Wookiees seem to be one that... I mean, you know, why not? I mean, why not have Chewbacca come back? You know, maybe he splits off with Lando because there's it's really weird, right, from the trailers we've seen. Just from the trailers, right? Uh, like, we see Chewie on the Falcon with Lando, but then we see the big three of this trilogy on the Falcon a lot without Lando or Chewie. So what's going on? Like, you know, and a lot of people keep speculating, Oh, well, this is the scene where Lando and Chewie face off the, uh, the, the star destroyer armada. But then it's kind of like, that doesn't really add up, you know? And, uh, when you start to try to piece just the trailers and the TV spots together, it's uh, it something's missing there, you know, and so I'm just really wondering. So I agree though with Pete, in a way, and I hope it doesn't happen. But Chewbacca might go. Yeah, he might go in this movie. <laughs> you know, the moon doesn't kill him. I, I mean, uh, he might, you know, because that's the obvious explanation. Like, why is he not in these other scenes? You know, um, so I don't know. Chewbacca is a big question mark. It's it's yeah. they could. No, go ahead, James. No, go on, bro. Uh, it's too bad that, like, you know, people like Kylo and they kind of want him to be redeemed. It would be nice if he just went full villain and then Chewbacca is the one that defeats him after watching him slay his best friend, you know? It would be great if they had a side character, like General Hux maybe did something and then 
the end of like Chewbacca's story is vanquishing this villain. Like that would be so like people would probably stand up and applaud in the in the theater. Yeah. That I think would yeah. be no, you're right, great. Brock. Yeah, no, that that would be awesome. So I, mean, I don't know, but yeah, no, that would be cool. That would be cool. I mean, yeah, but how, okay, fine. On that note, what if there is no Ben Demption? Okay. Perfect. And no, no, he's just, full just stop it right there. <laughs> and, and 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 he kills Chewbacca too. Yeah, and I mean, seals it. yeah. No, you're halfway through the movie mm -hmm. and you see Kylo Ren kill Chewbacca. Mm. There's no redemption for this dude at this point, right? Yeah, you know, I think you're right. I think people would feel would would hate Kylo more for killing Chewbacca mm. than they would have for Han yeah. Solo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. It would be horrifying, honestly, for me. Like, the little kid in me would be, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> I, There's I no redeeming him now. I don't know if I'm ready for this movie anymore. I went from super <laughs> excited for this movie to now I'm like, I might just return my tickets. <laughs> right. You went from three and a half down to two. Yeah, I'm down to two. I'm a two out of ten. I don't even. Oh, my God. Did I say I Did I say 1138? I meant 1.138. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm... I'm mortified to go into this the theater now we're gonna look we i think we're gonna go on a roller coaster of emotions to be very <laughs> cliche and lame on that expression but there's gonna be a lot going on in this i think there's gonna be a lot of thoughts and i think this is i hate i, I never really say this when i see movies but i think this one when it's all said and done there's gonna be a lot to process here yeah. we're gonna there's gonna be a lot for us to take in and I think diehard fans like us, we're going to have to see him multiple times to really get the gravity of it all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is, if it is what J.J. Abrams has said, this is the end and uh, the definitive ending to the Skywalker side. Like, I, there's love no, that. I love there's no going back. said there. I, lo I love it. And, and so let me throw this at you, gentlemen. Tell me what you think of this. So I have a barometer for Star Wars now, and that's what I call the marathon barometer. Okay. And so I've done this with every new movie, right? Starting with um, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so back in uh, what, what what was that? Two thousand five, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've done this with every movie since Revenge of the Sith. I will literally see it in the theater, and then I marathon the movies in not in release order, in chronological order. Okay, and I sit with it, and I ask myself, how do I feel now? <laughs> and I, I've done that all the way up to The Last Jedi. Okay. So how do you think you will feel after you not just see it in the theater, but have the time to sit back and go watch episodes one through nine as if you were like a, a newborn Star Wars fan and Uncle James sat you down and said, watch these one through nine. Don't pay attention to the... The people who say you should watch uh, A New Hope first and all that, or the uh, whatever the machete thing is and all that garbage. How do you think we will feel, right? So we're, we're being told it's going to be satisfying. Uh, Kat, Kathy Kennedy said in Rolling Stone, this is going to be satisfying. You know, um, I believe it, to be honest with you. I'm, I do. I truly believe it. But it makes me wonder, it truly makes me wonder what aspects of the previous eight movies are we going to see in The Rise of Skywalker? You know, and I don't just mean Easter eggs. I mean, what kind of callbacks and stuff like that? I mean, what do you guys want to see? You know, like if you just randomly picked another movie, uh, like what, what do you want to see called back from The Last Jedi? 
maybe that would help out, uh, you know, with how you feel about the saga. What, what do you want to see? Maybe even call back from a new hope, you know, like in, in this movie, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Ewoks. <laughs> I need Ewoks. <laughs> uh, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's just a, such an open-ended thing. Cause it's like, you know, you're watching Mandalorian and they're dropping in all those fan favorite things. And you're like, yes. But then where do you cut the line of that's cool looking, or this is like a satisfying plot. I'm not even going to say ending, just plot. Like, People don't really like The Last Jedi because they seem feel like it's disjointed or whatever your viewpoint is on it. Will this movie, in my opinion, will it work with the other two movies and sort of give us like, like will it make The Last Jedi better? Will it make it Force Awakens better? Will it make the whole series as a whole better? I think that is more important to me than what visually happens. I don't know if that's too vague, but I think think that's something we need or i don't know i just get annoyed of trying to like apologize for a movie i love anyway or a movie series i love so it's just like mm -hmm. could we just get <laughs> could just someone just we did the last jedi for this the end you know so did that make any sense <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes sense. I, I it's interesting because i think part of me is is of the mindset that this movie needs to make this trilogy have impact, right? So uh, I, I think we, you know, those that complain that it, there's not enough Luke, Leia, Han, and, and Lando, I'm sorry, we're, we're in a new generation. So make this trilogy work on its own. Secondarily, make all nine movies work together. And I think it's, I believe it's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be references. I think if I was to answer Aaron's question, what I want to see is I want to see familiar planets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I'm excited. Yeah, okay, so there's another desert planet, and apparently that moon has a different name, and and that's that's great. But I, I you know, part of me is also kind of hoping that we've gotten a misdirect from JJ that Pasana is actually Tatooine, like yeah. a part of Tatooine or something like that. But Bring me back to some original planets. Let me see Naboo or something like that. I think that would be, that would be cool. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree, but, Pete. But my my main thing is I really want to see him make this trilogy work because there are those like when I had Scott Chernoff uh, on my show. Not to talk about my show, but Scott <laughs> was the uh, he was the editor in chief of Star Wars Insider back uh, oh, in the nineties, wow. and he says he looks at these films and in a it totally, he doesn't mean it in a negative way. He looks at these sequels as sort of fan fiction, in that hmm. they're not George's story. It's an addition to the story, and I and I I respect and understand where, where he's coming from. So make this story, these three stories work, these characters, this extension of what we've had before work well, and then make your connections. And and frankly, I think Aaron, your your point about, uh, or Brock, your point about uh, Mandalorian giving us all that. Um, all that that nostalgia that's cool let let's let that live there i mean we've seen and if you look if you overanalyze the trailers like we all probably have <laughs> you, you know you see a you do see a battle droid in the background of babu frick's shop you see you know there are there are going to be little subtle things like that i think somebody i think um i think it was uh james baney on the resistance broadcast was like that that scene with all the spaceships like 
he JJ Abrams went into the the room and was like, "Okay, nerds, put a whole bunch of stuff in here." <laughs> and you know, you get the ghost and you get the Colossus and you yeah. get the Razor Crest and they're all I'm in glad there. You mentioned the ghost. Yeah. By the way. Because no, well, well, I I got to go this is for anybody out there who's wa- who's listening, watching. Um I got to put this out there. If people really are concerned with whether or not that's the ghost, if you guys didn't think that Anthony Carboni uh gave the, the gave the quote ghost away, you know, on the Star Wars show when he was like, is that the ghost? Um it's obviously the ghost because if you pause on the trailer, the paint markings match identically oh, to cool. what Sabine Wren did on the ship. Mm-hmm. It's the same colors; they're just faded, and they should be faded because how many years has it been yeah. since Star Wars Rebels? Yeah. Right? It's the same paint on that ship. It's not just the same type. So I agree with you. I mean, we might just get these little tiny tie-ins, like seeing the ghost in this big dramatic battle, and for me, that's enough. So I yeah. just want to stay for that. Yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah, um, but but there is a bigger th- uh, through line, though, and I and and I have to address this because I kind of want to, and this is kind of going to the whole gray order concept that Josh is throwing out there at the Den of Nerds, and I am very much aligned with that. I have always been right, and that's just who I am. This is my personality. That I think we should look at both sides of this whole kind of debate. And, and when we talk about tying up the whole saga and making it satisfying, for me, the linchpin, though, and if you want to, you know, I, I understand the point about the sequel trilogy is kind of like, because there are Sherlock Holmes um, canon junkies, okay? There's James Bond canon junkies. There's Trek canon junkies that will also throw about the same types of debates about what's fan fiction that's been corporately organized at this point. But I think that if everyone's being serious and, and, and at Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm being like a child of George Lucas, and I, I sincerely feel I don't work for Lucasfilm and I'm not getting the show money, but I do feel that most of the folks who work at Lucasfilm feel that way, that they're custodians of what George created. And I don't think that they're just going to be looking at this like, it's this corporate fan fiction that they're making. And so to, to, to kind of push back on that point, um, you know, when, when um, you know, um, Ron Howard's daughter relays on a live stream that George regards Dave Filoni as a son, that's pretty important stuff. Okay, so it's not just fan fiction to me. And to me, this is canon. And I accept it as that. And, um, and I, I think they do have to deal, though, with a larger saga issue, which is the chosen one. And mm-hmm. and what do you guys think about that? I mean, Lucas was very adamant. Anakin Skywalker is the chosen one. And so I do have to say, I'm super hyped about this movie. But if there's one element that they disregard, and that's this whole chosen one prophecy and Anakin Skywalker, I, I, I just... I already know I will walk out a little tiny bit disappointed. How, how do you guys feel about that? Well, I want to I want to jump in and first I want to say to Pete, uh, you know, he said he didn't want to name drop his podcast. Meanwhile, <laughs> this is a video 
Right, he's got a giant banner for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people might be listening. I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> no, name drop the podcast and smash that mic. I just, I just like you're like, no, not to, not to mention my podcast. Look at my banner. <laughs> no, it's a great podcast. Um, no, I, I think that I actually think they might even uh, stray away from even mentioning the chosen one mm-hmm. at all in this. For me, I think they got to come back to really what this saga has been about and that's been about uh love like family love almost uh and then just keep it grounded in that and then i think if you keep it if you keep this movie grounded in that aspect of it you can do basically whatever you want as long as it comes to a head in that because that's what the, the the issue with it is the saga ended with return of the jedi that was the issue they had going forward was they they wrapped it all up there was not like you know you could you never have to have these three movies in any respect no, at I all, agree. I totally but they've, agree with that. But they've yeah. done it, and I think they've done a great job. And and so now, now you now they now they're stuck with saying, okay, well, this is the end of it all. Actually, we're not going to go any further, so they have to go back and figure it out. And I think the basis of of how you how they end the Return of the Jedi is how they have to end this one. It's got to be love has to be in it as corny as that can sound. And I'm not saying no, it's gushy gushy lovey lovey, but you know it's got to be love respect family something like that that's got to come to play in regards to the chosen one with anakin i think anakin's the chosen one you know if they're like raise the reincarnated anakin like, seems cheap uh whatever no, but, but also but, that's not cheap but, at all but, but what well, if they are both how many times are going to reincarnate him though but if but if if kylo comes from anakin and ben is is the key to it all I'm okay with that. But I love what you just said, James, because I haven't thought of it that way, and, and it makes sense now to me about why I think that this tril- the most important thing this movie does is wrap up this trilogy, is if you think about it, I'm not a huge comic book fan, but I know enough about comic books to know that different parts of, different arcs wrap up, but the numbers continue going forward. So, to your point, maybe the first six ended when... When uh, when Return of the Jedi ended, and this is the continuation, are there callbacks and connections? Absolutely. Is it the you know the son of the sister of the chosen one's daughter or whatever? You know, it's yeah, that's all connectable. Um, but to your point, I I don't think we need it to be all about the chosen one, and the chosen one can influence what happens in this story, but it doesn't have to be that you know Ray is the chosen one or Ben is the chosen one or 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 whatever brock well what do you think i mean the titles rise of skywalker so what does that mean right so we can work in the family uh bent and we can work in the chosen one bent all in there i think i think i've said before like perhaps rise of skywalker is just an era which the saga you could call a saga an era as well as like the rise of skywalker is like this it's like the industrial area. This had this effect, yep. and this is how it affects everything else. So perhaps in a history book, the Book of the Wills, it's just Rise of Skywalker. And then we're like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> to what extent, I do not know, and that's the point. We go see a movie, right? So I, I, I'm down for all of that. I, you know, I, I might not like uh, uh, Raylo or Ben Demption, but I do find these characters very interesting so i want to learn more i th- we've been dying for two movies for more okay. information so yep. can can i just jump in and just ask you to clarify something mm. for the audience like 
So do you mean like in relation to an entire era, like the industrial revolution, are you saying that like at, by the end of this, I do a marathon with my son five years from now when he's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he can understand things better. And we watch all nine movies over a whole weekend. Right. And we just, that's all we do for the whole weekend. And we get to the end of it and we say to ourselves, okay, so this is the story mm. of not only how a republic crumbled and came back to life because of Darcidius or, or Palpatine, right? But this is the story of how the whole Skywalker family rose to meet that threat and destroy that threat forever. Yeah. I mean, okay. That, I that, that's a good way, like a very I love it. basic way to put it. I mean, I think... You can say those things and the definition of what they are. I hope the the movie will like. It's like yeah, you want to call it a Skywalker family, but they're the most like disjointed family you've ever seen, which is okay. <laughs> that's that's life. But you know yeah, what I mean? Life. Like yeah. when we talk about it in that romantic way of like you know they were a, a powerful family. You know, it's like House 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 Lannister or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's not exactly like that. But when I use those words, it's kind of, I don't know. Uh, just, like just give me Ewoks. Just, I think just, you nailed it. We're not focusing. We need more Ewoks in the movies. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get let's get going on to uh, what Brock has been dying to talk about since we started this. There are two characters in this film saga. Their names are Finn Rain, and Poe. Finn and Poe. <laughs> Finn Poe. Finn Poe. Foe. Foe. Uh, but it's it's Ray and Ben Solo, Ray and Kylo Ren, affectionately known as Raylo. This is obviously the hottest of topics going around. Fan fiction galore, uh, YouTube videos, podcast. Everything is about Raylo, there's, there's, except for Brock. But everything is about Raylo. Um, so I just want to know. I remember when we saw The Last Jedi, Brock and I were recording our podcast afterwards, like literally like an hour after we were recording it. And, and Josh at the Den of Nerds called me and he goes, was that Raylo? And I said, dude, I'm recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I, I and that. that cost me $22, that phone call. And he's never, <laughs> he's never called me. That's a true story. He's never called me again. That's Pennsylvania <laughs> for you. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> so um, it, Raylo, it might have happened in, in The Last Jedi, but Daisy really... She seems to be hounded by this question more than anybody else on the planet, which is kind of crazy. And she's, you know, she's very upfront about it. And she goes, we deal with it head on. We don't just brush it off. We deal with it. And, and they come to a conclusion for it. Mm. So, Aaron, you are the Raylo of Raylos on this panel right now. Yes, what does I that, am. What does Daisy Ridley's comments mean to you? And what do you suspect will come of Raylo in this film? Okay, so for all of my fellow Raylos out there, I have to represent at this point. I do. I, I honestly do because they've been very kind to me. And I'm one of the few very um, vocal male Raylos on Twitter that um, actually gets a tiny bit of attention. Um, and trust me, I mean, I could, I, I, I have to give shouts out to Ali, Camille, um, Celine. Um, there's tons of people out there. That they know, on a, they've broken these things down way more than I ever have, um, uh, and most of them are ladies, and and we got to give them props, and they are 
digging into canon and and the structure of narrative in ways that blow my mind, honestly. Um, and they should be writing thesis papers uh, for English departments across the uh, you know the Western Hemisphere at universities, if if you ask me. They really should. Um, they spend a lot of time on this stuff, and um, and and even one of my good friends on YouTube, Wayward Jedi. He's taken some flack lately, but he is uh, um, he he has really pe uh, pieced some stuff together. And so, on that note, I have to say this: Daisy Ridley, of course, is in a very difficult position, and there are NDAs and stuff like that. So there's only so much she can say. And Adam Driver, of course, has been very busy, and as we have all noticed, he has suddenly become more prominent on the interview circuit. However, um, he um, it, it does not get the kind of flack that you mentioned, James. And Daisy said something specific, and I think you're alluding to this, that the um, whole concept of Raylo and the complicated relationship between Kylo and Ray, and which is the way Daisy puts it, uh, will be addressed. And also the question of toxic relationships. And that's something that a lot of Raylos are kind of uh, trepidatious, let's say, to address, is the counter-argument that this could be a form of a toxic relationship. But I'm going to tell you, as a Raylo and somebody who believes that this A, should happen, and B, will happen, um, uh, I think that what she's saying is that the question of whether or not this is a toxic relationship is going to be addressed in The Rise of Skywalker. And I think the things that make us believe that this could be toxic um, are, are going to be um, not just addressed, but there's going to be rebuttals in the narrative and in the dialogue between these two characters. Now, whether it ends up in a, in a uh, family-friendly, happy-go-lucky kind of way where people get married and have offspring, I'm not convinced. So I am a Raylo who believes that if we see a reverse Anidala, as they call it, and we see a reverse to the pitiful relationship that Anakin and Padme had and the way it ended in The Revenge of the Sith, um, then that would be great. Uh, they might even smooch. Um, but whether or not it goes past that, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 my biggest concern about Raylo is that I'm concerned if it doesn't happen that it will lead to just more division in the fandom, both the disappointment of the, the pro Raylo team and the redemption of the anti-Raylos and that would be would just turn to ugliness um, I believe from a story perspective I don't think we're going to see I don't think we're going to see a romantic connection I think we're going to see an addressing of the um, the intimacy that's formed between them whether it's because of their um, force connection or if there's some sort of uh, familial uh, relationship or if some you know, it's interesting because I think every movie there's a belief that if there's a male character and a female character and there's any sort of tension, it has to resolve in um, in romance. But, you know, it could just be this really unique understanding uh, of one another. I mean, they have this really intimate relationship that, you know, doesn't exist in the real world, right? I mean, they've, they've been in each other's heads um, and they, they know each other and they also... 
I, I think the line that Snoke had in uh, Rise of Sky, uh, uh, sorry, The Last Jedi about darkness uh, rises and light to meet it. And I think that's what their relationship is. And so I, I don't think we're going to get a major sort of lip lock or anything like that. I think we're going to get I think we're going to get some acknowledgement of a feeling. And uh, and it could be sort of a, you know, I think it'll be addressed when. You know, if if Ben dies and she's there to witness it, she'll be traumatized and emotional about it uh, because of the relationship. And I think that's a way to resolve it without having to make it a, a traditional romantic connection. Well, I want, I want to chime in one more time real quick. Uh, and and um, my son um, is here with me. And, and I just wanted to, to mention that he um, had a disagreement, Pete. And he wanted me to tell you <laughs> that as also a fellow Raylo. Um, you know, he wanted me to express this to you. He was begging me. He was saying daddy a lot. And I, I have to bring this in. Um, he said, well, what if, what if, um, after, um, Ben turns back to the light side and I, and I'm being serious here. So from a five-year-old's perspective, I've asked him repeatedly and I have not prompted him. Do you want to see Kylo Ren be Ben Solo again? And my five-year-old says yes, every single time. Okay, and um, and my five year old will put a blue lightsaber into his Kylo Ren action figure's hmm. hand on his own. So this is like I think it's important to look at all this from a child's point of view, growing up with the sequel trilogy. But okay, but to be serious again, um, so let me ask you this: So what if what if there is a Raylo kiss for the Raylos when Ben dies? If Are it we works okay for, with if, that? If it works for the story, have that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so I, and so I, it's all my Raylo uh, friends out there. But I, I think that I that think you're, you're raising an, get. but you're, ra you're raising that's what an, we're going to get. You're raising an important point though, and it's they if they do it because of fan requests, mm. then they screwed up. It needs to be done in a way that makes sense for the story, and I think yes. that that you know it, it the whole the whole. The whole, the whole commentary about Raylo is very interesting um, in that and you, you made some good points. I mean, I've, I've spoken to a lot of really I, – I'm it's really funny because I don't fall into either camp. I just want what's good for the story, mm. right? If, if the story evolves and they get married and fight the emperor, <laughs> but it's a good story, yeah. let's see it. If the story evolves and they never address the romantic connection, then that's great too. But so – to your point there, I, I think it's really important that it's whatever is best for the story, and I think people need to go into to that. Into again, it goes to the point I was saying before about going in with expectations. Set the expectations appropriately. Don't yeah. go in believing that that's going to happen because I agree. I, I also, keep in mind from a five and five to twelve year old's perspective, um, I think my son would be completely my seven year old son would be completely turned off if this turned into a, a romantic adventure versus. Yeah. A Star Wars movie. Oh, my son Actually, too. He, yeah, no, he. I gotta ask you a question. Kiss. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But he doesn't want to see Kylo end up on the dark side. So I Which, mean, but that's a so, that's a totally right. different point from Raylo, though. Totally. Right. I agree. I agree. But the the problem here that we that I even have and that we have in general in the fandom is that Ben Demption, as as we are calling it, is equated with a stepping stone in a scaffolding kind of way to Raylo. And, and I have kind of pushed shouldn't back be. against... It shouldn't be, no. And I've pushed back against my fellow Raylos and said, we can have Ben Demption without Raylo. It is very... It's 
not only possible, but I think it's likely. It's likely. And yeah. Okay. I'll I'll stop there. <laughs> Dude, I gotta ask you a question because you you saw uh, a New Hope in the theater, um, mm-hmm. and you saw them all. Luke and Leia. Do you think if the internet was around forty years ago, <laughs> that it would be it would be Lucia? Do you think that would be a thing? But and I'm 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 joking, but I'm also being serious because if you think about it. Yeah, we talked no, about but, this, James. But yeah, the diff- we talked about this. I think the big difference is it was. I mean, it it was talked about. I mean, if you watch the old interviews, you even see Mark Hamill saying in interviews, "Is is he going to get the girl or not?" And and the big difference between A New Hope and any of the sequel trilogy is Han and Luke literally have a conversation, even though he's just giving Luke a hard time. But you know, you think a princess and a guy like me and. They built that tension in, and it was overtly built in, whereas this, people are building it in themselves. And I'm not saying it's not there, uh, because there's been some really fantastic, I've read some great uh, essays and had conversations with some really great people who have really, really well thought out connections to, to romance in a more... Uh, classic literature sort of way, and that's cool too, but... Um, I, I think it's. I think it was much more overt in the first six movies than it was here. There's also a different time in the way we tell stories too. So, absolutely, the different time for telling stories. Brock, Raylo, take us home. Um, I'm. I agree with Pete. Where he's like, if it makes sense to the story, then let's do it. I mean, you could compare uh, Kylo and. Ray to that of Luke and Vader. They have this weird relationship where in the end they see eye to eye and perhaps along the way they see eye to eye and then they fight. And it's just like, it, it, yeah, it's uh, father and son, but and then we don't know how these two relate to each other. Then maybe they don't at all. That's fine. But uh, this whole series is about weird dynamics with relationships between people like well i think that's what james was trying to touch on in the last uh topic we did uh it's you know yeah new hope is here's your main character oh he's gonna get the girl because he's the main character but he never he, he doesn't they, they go in a different direction and that's fine that's i think that's why people love star wars so it's like i think a lot of people just like oh the these people are related because that happened in the first movie but there's no why, did, why does it have to be that? I mean, yes, we, especially because the title is Rise of Skywalker. So we were hoping to find a connection. Um, but again, like it's these two characters are so interesting that it, it makes total sense that people want this this relationship or that at the end of the day, they're all they're all good guys. So I, I, I'm not going to crap on it. I just don't see it in my opinion. But again, like if it makes sense to the movie, let's do it. It's gonna be awesome. Like Adam Driver, great, great actor. Like I, it's like let's not kill the villain. Let's put him in another movie. I mean, no, I know we're not gonna see these characters ever again. Hopefully, uh, are not hopefully. Are you, I'm not sure. So sure. I'm not sure. Are you so sure? I love like I characters? love Adam Driver. Put him in more things. He's great. So I, I I'm. I'm game for anything. I just watched a show about the Mandalorian and I love it. So like the status quo is just not 
it's not what we think it is. Let's just ride this crazy train till it ends. Like, I'm in. So, Ben Demption, Raylo, if it makes sense. I'm in. Do whatever you want. Star Wars, we're yeah. in for the long haul. Okay, last one. This is it. I'm going to go Aaron, Brock, Pete, and then myself on this one. That is the order. We'll take it. What does the title mean? What does the title mean? Yes. Okay. All right, here it goes. <laughs> you guys ready? So, yeah. Well, Ben Demption is real, whether or not Raylo is. And... um and uh, it, it is possible, of course, and some might say probable, that Ben Solo will have to die. And that's going to be, and to my own point, to my own point, um, that that's a counterpoint to my own point, right? That it's going to show in his death that that's a consequence of one's own actions, right? So if you're a little kid growing up, you can't grow up and see a character kill his own father and think there's no consequences, and I think that's a very strong point that, that my Raylo friends aren't willing to talk about. You know, um, you, you can't. You, you can't grow up and, and, and read or understand or absorb a mythology and think that there's no consequences. But I think he'll be redeemed, and that's part of the rise of Skywalker. And I think that Anakin will be in this movie alongside his son Luke and, and his daughter Leia. And I don't think it's put that way enough. I mean, if it wasn't for Bail Organa, her name would be Leia Skywalker, right? Um, and I know it sounds foreign, even to us old school fans, Leia Skywalker, right? But that's the reality. And I, I, I think that this, the whole point of this movie goes back to Brock probably made the whole best point here. The title refers to that, that we're watching this like epic drama unfold of this entire family and how they through their trials and travails have found a way to transcend all that and defeat the ultimate evil in their corner of the universe uh, that's what i think the title means it's about the whole family yeah the way he said <laughs> i mean yeah i i think uh i mean the titles are always somewhat important to the plot so end of the skywalker saga rise of skywalker like i think it's referring to a time period which is these movies so and i think there's going to be an explanation that's going to be like oh yeah that makes sense okay so yeah and he walks pete <laughs> i i think you know so it's there's two options in my head as to what it means. Um, one is it's very similar to what you guys were just talking about. The second is, um, and it goes against what I was saying earlier, is I think it may, if you think about the line, uh, again, I said it before, darkness rises and light to meet it. So what is what needs to rise to bring this balance? And maybe it is the, it's it's that Skywalker whatever I, whatever the skywalker thing means um maybe it's a, an eternal sort of light to face the darkness right the 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 empire was defeated the sith were defeated by by vader and luke but they've returned in the first order 
and what rises to meet it is that lightness and and maybe it's a, a skywalker and maybe it's a reference to whatever that means and maybe that maybe it is ben i think at the end of the day the the skywalker that rises is ben he rises from kylo um and the skywalker lineage once again defeats darkness uh perhaps i don't know i mean it's that because when you think about all all eight movie titles up until this one they're all pretty literal right the phantom menace is you know is about palpatine and what he's doing attack of the clones is is obviously uh, they're all fairly obvious um but so if you then you take the the title the force awakens darkness is darkness is back in the galaxy and the force woke up to do something about it and what is that what what is that and it's the rise of skywalker and the last jedi is sort of that bridge between um the force awakening and the the skywalker rising to meet the darkness so um i think it's it's literally going to be ben and and again ben demption i think is guaranteed um but kylo ren ben solo's life survival is not i think it's very literal i think i think kylo ren <clears throat> ben solo is going to fall and he's going to do what he did in the comic and catch himself and rise up like this <laughs> and sing deo De uh -huh. deo <laughs> <laughs> And it's gonna, he's gonna rise. I think I, uh, I'm his. This is this is what I think. I think it is Ben Solo. I think Ben Solo is rising from the darkness into the light uh, to take down the ultimate darkness. But there's also a part of me that kind of hopes we get what George Lucas wanted all those years ago, and that is the Force Ghost uh, realm, or whatever it was, where we will we will see Force Ghost Luke, Anakin, maybe Force Ghost Leia take on the evil force ghost that is Sheev Palpatine, something mm. like that. But it's, like you guys have been saying, though, it's a culmination of this entire family, and this is their drama. It's their soap opera going on right now, and this is the rise. This is them putting an end to to all, all the events that have taken place over these 42 wonderful years, especially those years, with the Ewoks and Droids hour. Can, can I jump in there and just real quick and, and I want to can I please throw one outlandish theory out there I've been saving this for today <laughs> no 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 you, go for it no you pointed out George Lucas wanted like this kind of crazy force ghost thing for Return of the Jedi and if you go back and you read the original script Obi-Wan Kenobi came back in the flesh right and a lot of people have used this original script as a premise for Luke coming back, you know, to, you know, for whatever motivations that they have, right, of Luke coming back in the flesh. But I've been kind of thinking back on this and like, if this is the journey of the wills and, 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 and you're correct, James, about, you know, maybe there might be something like that in this movie. What if it's something really fantastical? I mean, so fantastical, so fairy tale that everybody will just have to accept it because it's it'll seem so absurd and ridiculous that and so obviously fairy tale ask that you either just accept it or you're, you're you know or you i mean i guess you could end up with a bad taste in your mouth i guess but and here it is all the skywalkers come back to life Ooh. darth sidious has been destroyed and the entire family is brought back to life not just obi-wan but all of them 
and, and the end of the yeah, all of them. <laughs> Bring all back Shmi. Hashtag and, save Shmi. And, and, <laughs> and it's like a galactic reset. And it's like maybe even the wills are there. I don't know. I'm just kind of I've been thinking and brooding on it. Like you know, we we might see a like the summation like. And your family has restored blah, blah, blah. And as a reward, I know it sounds cheesy in a way. Like I said, it sounds fantastical. But what if they're all brought back to life at the end of the movie? You know? Yeah. I think anything's possible. That's actually the only answer I can have for that is there. I think there is a plausibility to that. And, and I could see them being, I don't think it would be like, you know, you have your quest is complete you're all back to life but it could be something like they become so one with the force because they're so powerful in the force that maybe they do come back to physical form right 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 i, I i'm not saying i have any clue uh how you would do that in a in a storytelling way that would be satisfying to let's say even some of the most astute literary people who would be reviewing this movie however you know, whether or not they come back as something else. And I, and I have speculated that openly before. I mean, maybe, you know, force ghosts are just a stepping stone. And maybe we'll learn that what it means to be a will is something beyond a force ghost. So I don't know. I, I'll leave it at that. The only, the only thing I would add to that, and I, I know, James, you're trying to wrap up, but the thing I, I would try to... <laughs> The only thing I would add to that is I think we need to always remember when we come up with theories for episode nine is that 85% of the movie going audience doesn't know the level of Star Wars lore um, that we do. And they look at it as a really fantastic Star space-based fantasy story. And to get... I think if it goes a little too far into the fantastical and while I think it, I would love to see the world between worlds reference, I would love to see all those cool things become a part of this. Um, I think we only get that through TV shows and books. I think the, I think this story does need to be satisfying, but it needs to be satisfying in a way that uh, a 12 year old or my 70 something year old father can walk out of it and be like, yeah, that was, that was good. And not have to say, well, you know, again, I I loved Solo, but I think when Maul showed up, eighty percent of the audience, ninety percent of the audience was like, "What? How did he? What? Where did this?" And they can't have that happen. This needs to be for yeah, the guy right. who start. He saw Star Wars when he was seven years old. He watches the movies when they come out. He brings his kids, but he doesn't hang out on Twitter with all of us and have these deep conversations. So, to that end, I think James, I think. I think Skywalker will be a little more literal in that it'll be they'll remind us all that Ben Solo is a Skywalker and he's rising to save the galaxy. He's rising in the Millennium Falcon. Ooh, that's it. There you go. Takes off. All right. That's our roundtable show. There's so much more to talk about. We could have gone for hours, but you guys got to get to your Thanksgiving dinner, lunch, whatever you do for Thanksgiving. Brock and I have to get ready for Black Friday on our laptops for ready, fingers ready. Uh, and then, of course, Cyber Monday is coming up. So before, before we go, I will let Aaron tell everybody where they can find him. And Pete, you can plug your podcast. Aaron, go for it. <laughs> Well, um, whenever I have a connection to the force and I'm able to join you folks, whether it's just with my voice, and I always appreciate it, you can find me on Twitter at AaronQuinton78. 
Uh, that's Q-U-I-N-T-O-N. And I'm on uh, YouTube. I changed the name of my channel to Aaron Quinton's Star Wars Talk. Um, I just try to make it as basic as possible. But but thank you for having me again. And happy Thanksgiving. And maybe I'll share some good old-fashioned American stuffing with you, James. I'm nice coming to down you. to get some. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, how about you? Well, there's uh, I, I spend almost the entire day on Twitter at ATGCast, getting involved in conversations and having a blast there. Um, best place to find uh, my two shows, I'm, I have uh, Around the Galaxy, which is the Star Wars fan talk show where I have one guest and uh, for one hour, all Star Wars. And then there's the second show that I do with Dave Amelotti from Beyond the Blast Doors called Streaming Star Wars, where we do sort of a live recap. We try to most of the time have a guest, but we also take live chat conversation. We talk about what we just saw with Mandalorian, and we'll do the same for Clone Wars and Kenobi and Cassie and whatever Disney wants to give us. So that's streaming Star Wars. That's on YouTube. But again, just follow me on ATG Cast because I plug shamelessly everywhere I go. <laughs> yeah, I can vouch for that. But both of those are excellent shows. I listen to them both all the time. They're awesome. Brock. Hi. You were always scum. <laughs> Aw, rebel scum. Hey scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.